facing a crisis in your life or business? Take the helm and steer yourself in the right direction. It's time to take charge and make things happen with your host, Lynn McLaughlin. Good day, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Taking the Helm. Uh, Thomas Russell, who's with us today, has certainly done so. He is the host of the radio show called Life Without Limits, and we're going to find out how that all came to be, a big change that had to happen in his life and put him on the right path, and uh, much, much more. He's also an author, and let's hear all about it. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Oh, man, Lynn, thank you for inviting me. I, I appreciate it so much. Well, I've had the honor of being a guest on your show a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to apologize on my show for calling you Tom all the way through it and not being aware. <laughs> oh, you were calling me Tony. That was, that was, that was Tony. okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, there you go. That's even worse. There you go. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, that's my middle name anyway, so you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, we'll get it right this time. Yeah. Okay, Thomas, take us back to when you were an editor for a, a national magazine, and you thought you uh, described it to me as you thought you had a five-star life, or it looked like you had a five-star life. What was going on? Well, the, I had given up my dream of becoming a writer long before that. I was, I was 23 when I got the job, but previous to that, yeah, you know, I was telling people that I wanted to be, when I got out of high school, I wanted to be a, a writer for Sports Illustrated and never believing in my mind that I was ever going to achieve that. But I told people that, and that was just a, one of those in, imposter syndrome things that everyone talks about. You know, I wanted to be, I wanted to be something that I knew that I would never achieve. And it was a, it was a terrible feeling inside, but I, I, uh, on the outside, I exuded all this confidence that I was going to do this. And the thing is, I knew I had the, the talent. I knew that I had the talent, but I just didn't have the drive. Or the biggest thing is, is I, I, up to that point when in high school, I gave up on anything that I knew that I was going to succeed in because I feared I didn't fear failure. I never feared fear failure, but I feared success. I feared what would actually happen if something actually panned out for me, and I followed through with it. And I, but I get, I kept giving up on on that. And so what I did was uh, I kind of fell into the job because my best my best friend was working for a publisher, and he called me up one day and says, "Hey." Uh, the publisher wants to know if you might be interested in writing a, uh, a few articles for the magazine. And it was an RV magazine. And I didn't know diddly squat about RVs at all, but I knew how to write. So I, I just took that extra step, not actually believing anything would come out of it. It was just a freelance article. You don't think about it. And so I wrote one and he liked it. I wrote another and he liked it. And, and I wrote a third one and they finally calls me up and says, uh, the publisher called me up and said, hey, would you be interested in coming in for an interview for the job for managing editor? All right, so I didn't, I didn't graduate from college. I, in fact, I gave up on myself, like I said before, after the first year of college at Purdue, uh, because again, I didn't believe in myself, but I, I walked into the interview not really thinking that I was going to get the job because I felt I didn't deserve it. I mean, this is a national magazine and there's no way that I was going to be able to get it, but it was really informal and everything. And, and I, I lived in the area, so it was convenient for him. It was convenient for me. And, and so I, I took the job not don't knowing anything about being an editor. I knew how to write. I mean, give me a break because it's like, you don't, 
you don't walk into a job in a, in a magazine thinking that you have it all figured out. Yeah. And with me, <laughs> and with me, not knowing anything about the RV industry, I had to fake it till I made it. And and it it was, it, but I believed that I could go that one extra step. I I decided to do that and and make something of the job that I had. And in my mind, it was like people were looking at me and says, wow, you're the managing editor of a national magazine. You finally made it. And never once did I ever believe that. I didn't believe that one bit. And so I, I muddled through this initially. And I, I felt I got pretty good at what I was doing, you know, trying to develop content and things like this and getting other, other writers to help out. And, and I thought that I was doing the job and I did this for six years, six years of this magazine. And I was able to really um, do something of value. But even, even with that, I just didn't feel like I I'd earned it because I didn't have anything previous to that. I didn't have any experience previous to that. So I, I kind of lived that lie for those six years that I didn't feel like I deserved being able to, to enjoy a success in a, position that I thought was unachievable for me at the time. Does it go back, Thomas, to what you said uh, uh, earlier about being afraid of success? I, I just want to, I want to push a little further here. Yeah, yeah. You felt you were undeserving, but at the same time, you were afraid of having that success and maybe not knowing what to do with it. Right. It's interesting because you don't hear a lot of people talking about a fear of success. We almost always hear people speaking about a fear of failure, right? Yeah, because you don't, I mean, I grew up uh, I'm very competitive, and so I don't really think about losing uh, because I, my my goal in, in in being competitive is the journey. It's not the actual result uh, because I I really enjoy that. But uh, the far as the success goes, it was like uh, it was very very difficult to wrap my head around being able to actually do something in the writing field because that's what I've always wanted to do from grade four. That's always what I wanted to do. And, but along the way, each step that I went along the way, it was just a, it was a step of going nowhere because I knew in my mind, I wasn't going to do this, but it forced me to make that decision that if I'm going to do something, I might as well do this now at age 23. And, and, uh, and I, and I kept doing this, but I didn't feel like it was going on the other edge. You know, I'm, you know, I succeeded, but where do I go from here? Right. And then uh, in 1991, after six years, the RV industry, well, actually the entire economy was going through a recession. And consequently, the RV industry was blasted because we, that's, that, uh, that's a precursor of, of a recession because people right. aren't going to buy RVs and our, our income was generated through advertising. It wasn't through subscription. So our advertising dropped and, and the publisher had to make it a terrible decision uh, on both parts. I was put in a position where I was working three days a week. I did that for three months and uh, I had to make a decision from there. I said, okay, it's either continue doing this or trying to find something that's going to bring more income coming in. So I had to make that decision and I had to walk away from it. And when I walked away from that, I totally entirely gave up on my dream. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And it was a terrible feeling because even though I was writing freelance for the magazine, uh, continued doing that for about a year, didn't really think any appreciable gains and uh, income wise. There wasn't anything out there that uh, I, I could really sink my teeth into in the writing community. So I essentially gave up on my dream and I decided to go into restaurant management, which I, I was really good at. So, but, but I realized that looking back, it was like, I wasn't fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't fulfilled where I wanted to go, but I chose to do that because I needed to make money. Right. Right. And so that's when I, I, I decided that I was going to just put it aside and hopefully something happens. And, and in life that doesn't happen. You have to make things happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you, you can't, you can't, you, you can't go through life just thinking that uh, around the next corner, there's going to be something. Uh, because you're going to be sorely disappointed, and I, 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 and I didn't, I didn't go that extra step. Those are great words of wisdom for people. If you want it, you have to make it happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. And it was uh, so I, I was in restaurant management, different kinds of management for, from age, twenty nine. No, oh, I don't know, to to fifty, uh, fifty one, fifty, well, fifty one, and I continued doing that. And uh, never once thinking that I was going to be able to accomplish, go and do anything. I, people said, you need to write a book, you know, all through decades of studying. You need to write a book. And they said, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And I don't, I don't want, you know, I, I don't really think that I have anything of value to write about. And at the time, I didn't. And what, what really happened that changed my life entirely was when I was in 2006, I ended up being a, uh, a volunteer coach for mentoring organization called Five Star Life. And uh, if anybody ever wants to change someone's life, particularly junior high schools, middle school kids where they don't have a clue where they're going, mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is the place where I needed to be. And, and what I discovered, because I, I, my wife and I could never have kids, uh, I discovered these kids in junior high were my kids. They were extension wow. of me. And so I, I wanted to be around these kids. And we teach these kids, just like you saw in, in the book that we'll talk about later, was, you know, I want to talk, we always talk to these kids about sacrifice, integrity, respect, responsibility, and courage. All five of those, I, I can, I can whip those those core, <laughs> core values out of my my mind now uh, but i but uh we want we want to teach these kids all these different things we, we try to show how much potential they have and it's just a, a incredible feeling when you look in their eyes and and you can see there's something inside them even though they don't believe it at the time but you just just pour your heart into these kids you just zoom in on them and you just you just surround them with love and say hey man i don't i don't know what you're going through right now but i'm here for you i'm going to help you out and uh, that's just a wonderful feeling but what i didn't expect was how much five-star life would have cha that changed my life and because being around positive-minded people all the time regardless of what circumstances you're under you, you you're able to just have that just you're like a sponge i'm like a sponge it lifts you up lifts it, you it, up it just lifts me up at the yeah. same time we're able to lift other kids up and uh and to see these kids progress it's just a, a cool feeling so for 
I don't know, from 2006 and several years after that, um, every day, every time we meet with these kids, we talk about, okay, what do you want, guys? What do you really want to do with your life? Well, a junior high kid, well, I want to be a baseball player. I want to be a football player. I want yeah. to be something that they don't, they can't sink their teeth into. <clears throat> Some did, but most didn't. And I kept thinking, you know, I'm, I'm t telling these kids, what do you want to do with your life? And I keep looking at myself and says, what in the heck are you doing? You're, you're just a, a stinking hypocrite because you're like, you're telling these kids this, but you don't believe yourself. You're not going for what you want to do. So I, for six, I think maybe seven years, I was like that. Mm. And, and then finally, so it's like a light bulb moment, like epiphany, like I have something. I really want to have something. I love five stars so much. I love those five core values. So why not write a book about that? And since we talked to the, these kids about bullying, I wanted to tie those things together because you have to put a character, you, you're a writer, you know what it's like. You put a character in, in conflict. You need to put them in a situation where they feel like there's no resolution. And so uh, with this 14-year-old character, Charlie, I wanted to, he, he, was, he was bullied relentlessly, particularly with one particular um, uh, classmate of his. Yeah. And then he, then he had to go home to a dysfunctional family with an alcoholic father. Well, that's just like a perfect storm for him because a lot, a lot of kids go through this. A lot of people go through this, but they feel that there's no way out because, you know, it's at school, it's at home. And there's, you just feel like, what's the point? And so he ends up uh, deciding that he couldn't take it anymore. And... I'm not going to give away the hope. No, but, he, but basically, he learns about these five core values to help build up build up a self esteem. Because anybody's bullied, uh, you have to find something within them where they know they can battle back, not violently, of course, but you you have the ammunition to uh, being able to have that self confidence, that, mm -hmm. that, that self esteem. That when someone decides they want to make you feel unworthy, you have you have something inside you says, "No, I'm not going to take this anymore." That's right. And so that's the reason why I wanted to write this book. And it was just, uh, I wrote this thing in four months. And the reason why I, that reason why it all changed my life is I got rid of all that baggage that like, I'm going to start something, but you know what? Something's going to happen that mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to finish. And, and finally I made that decision. No, it's not going to happen. I'm going to do this thing because it's got to, it's, it's so much inside myself that I got to finish what I started. What you made, so let me jump in because this yeah. is what we talk about at Taking the Helm. You made that conscious choice, that conscious decision. You haven't said the name of the book. I just want to share it. It's Finding right. Your True North, A Bullied Teen's Journey of Hope. I wrote a review. I'll share it in a little bit. I'd want to jump in just to say, though, Thomas, yeah, that yeah. the way you wrote it and the way you made the plot go with the character connections, it's absolutely brilliant. And at the very end, I won't give it away, but at the very end where there's the, the moment of truth where this young boy has to make some decisions and am I going to go back to where I was or am I going to take a step forward? And it's truly brilliant. And I mean, I, I had connections at the age of 58. I, can't, I actually recommend that in every secondary school, in every middle school, they should be reading this book because those five core values and how you're teaching it through this character anyone's going to be able to connect to and take something from it. So I just want to say that. <laughs> well, 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 thank you. I appreciate that. Now, what's nice about it is uh, he, uh, he put the character in situations where he, he makes mistakes, which all kids do, all people do. Yeah. So he, he wanted to learn, you know, what 
what living a life of integrity is. So, and when you have a character who teaches him this thing, uh, implicitly or or, or uh, subconsciously, you learn this thing. It gets ingrained inside you. And I wanted to have those five core values core to what this whole book was about because if everyone lives by these five core values man you're going to be that one much step or further mm -hmm. um in life i agree i agree so the book is out and you also have a second book out called nowhere man let's jump over to that one yeah nowhere man was uh in the, the first book there was a one of the main characters <clears throat> uh, pops he was uh, he was a homeless person and part of the reason why homeless people are, have a very a big affinity for is uh, my connection with them. When I, I was a transport driver and I went across the, the country and, 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 on, and a lot of times I would meet homeless people, you know, in, in a train station or whatever. And I've always wondered to what, what, you know, what their the reason why they got to be there where they were. And I learned about, you know, some some circumstances were not something that they were able to uh, deal with some of the, it's some of it was due to alcohol drugs and all these different things you always hear about but I I, I want to go deeper into <coughs> someone's life and uh, when I wrote about pops uh, I, I knew that I needed to go a little bit deeper and, and shift my way to talking about homelessness. But I wanted to put someone in a position because a lot of people don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I think I'm gonna be homeless today. No, I, not, I say most 100% of people don't, don't wake up one day and say they wanna be homeless. So I, I put a character where he was a, he was a, a successful insurance executive, but he treated people poorly. People, his, his family at home and his, um, uh, people at work. He was basically, I'm, I'm, I'm superior over everybody else. But he ends up getting amnesia. I'm not going to tell you how he got the amnesia, but he got amnesia. And then he lost his memory, and he was homeless. Mm -hmm. He had no ID on him because you know things happened where he lost his ID. So I wanted to depict what it was like for him to be homeless, how he was treated, his thought process, because every day his memory, he had to start all over again. He didn't know where. Like Groundhog Day or yeah. uh, or Fifty First Dates, you know. Um, but I wanted to I wanted to depict what it was like. And then when you get in a position where he when he was in a position where he was able to finally get his memory back, this is where the 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 dichotomy of what it is when some people learn about themselves, where they want to go back to where their life was before, or want to attach to the things that they learned about themselves in the different situation in this case he was homeless so he so he had to make that decision what he wanted to do so that nowhere man i'm really proud of that book uh because it was a uh, you know but you know what with writing a book it's like writing a screenplay right because in your mind you're thinking like it's in a movie mm -hmm. and and the whole process of writing there's so much freedom with that because if it's a fiction book man you can just do whatever you want within reason of course but I mean, you could think of things that you would never think about in real life. But at the same time, you have to have some kind of re reality into it, some authenticity, excuse me, <laughs> where people say, well, I can relate to that. Yeah. And I mean, the bottom line is every single person who's living on the street is a, is a person with a history, with a family, with connections, with a life that's in the past. And there's a reason that they're there. So it behooves all of us to better understand that as opposed to what you allude to in the book, 
and actually in your first book too, walking by and passing judgment. Mm -hmm. It's your, it's in your control. Why are you doing this when not, it's not necessarily in their control anymore for various circumstances. So, all right. Hmm. Okay. So now we're going to move forward to you are the host. How in the world did you move from, you met your dream. You've now published two books and you're somehow landed a spot as a host of a radio show called life without limits. Tell us how this came about. Well, just like with anything else, it's like a, like a process. The journey is, is when you, uh, make a decision about what you want to do with your life in the case when I was 52 years old, everything changed. I was, I had a rebirth, I had a reboot, everything. And I'm, it was like a decision that you don't rest in your laurels. You have to think what's next. Mm -hmm. Always what's next. Because if you, if you think you've, you've reached the pinnacle of your, your career or whatever you want to do in this case, in my writing, writing career, uh, that's a death knell for anybody because you feel like, uh, well, you've reached it. And, and, uh, what you just can't, I can't live that way. And I did that for decades. And it's like, I, I, just, I didn't want to go through life. I didn't, I, I wanted to live a life. I didn't, didn't want to just exist. And so I networked. I constantly networked through LinkedIn, through Facebook, through Instagram, you know, through my connections, through so, all social media because of the books. And <clears throat> just like I found you, I think it was on LinkedIn, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so through Natan. No, oh, actually, it was through Marnie Young. Yeah, through Marnie. Yeah, Marnie Young, who is audio sorceress, and she uh, she did my last book, both of my books actually. But yeah. she did my first book before she became audio sorceress. <laughs> yeah, and man, and that's what happened, you know, because I, I connected with an Australian author, and became really good friends. And then she wrote a book called Resilience. Tony Tony Lantis, incredible book. And uh, one day out of the blue, she asked me, hey, would you be interested in being my first guest on my radio show? Yeah, I didn't think about it. I didn't think about being on a radio show, although I was, Marnie had me on her uh, uh, show and uh, it was spotty. You know, I was doing podcasts and things like that. And so she asked me to be on a show. We did the show and she asked me uh, or asked her this is, sounds really good. Is there something, do you think that I could do this? She said, absolutely, you can do this. So she connected me with uh, uh, the uh, station owner down in Florida. And it's W4WN.com. That's the station that I work with. And, and uh, so I put, you know, all my knowledge, what it was, uh, you know, in, in being an anti-bullying advocate. And I want to develop a show about that. And, you know, I don't know what, when you first started your podcast, I mean, you got to have some kind of vision of what you want to do with this. So this is, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to highlight people, not just my, my insights, which is okay, but I want to have other people's insights. I want to find out what's going on with their life. What, what were they going through uh, that uh, held them back? And, and in this case, it was bullying. So a few of my shows started off with their bullying experiences. But I didn't want to just focus on the problems. I wanted to focus on focus, uh, solutions in life. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what happened. You know, people were in this situation. They got out of it. This is what, what they're doing now. And all of it was really, really inspiring. But, but then I thought, you know, there's got to be more than just bullying. There's got to be other people out there who've gone through and not necessarily traumatic uh, situations in their life, but uh, obstacles that everyone goes through. And I've done a hundred shows and every, every person that I've had on my show is close to my heart, just as you are close to my heart, Lynn, because mm -hmm. 
because I, I have this connection with people because uh, the ability to listen and let them talk best thing ever because mm -hmm. I don't like to I don't like to in, interject myself and, and insert myself in the conversation as much as I can and let the other person talk I gotta do it right now well, how does it yeah. feel with the shoe on the other foot as they say how does it feel <laughs> uh, well, so it's, it's okay. I've done enough podcasts, you know. I, yeah. But the thing is, you should see sometimes you say the same things over again. But, but for me, it's it's uh, the, the passion that I feel about what I'm doing, mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with fame or fortune or anything like this. It has to, has to do what's what's with inside me that is most important to me is because uh, uh, I have this incredible feeling of empathy for people mm -hmm. and and uh, sometimes that's good sometimes it's bad but I I, I I i my heart breaks for some of these stories people are going through but once they start turning their story around says here's what i did to to be victorious over my circumstances and it just just lifts me up and it lifts other people up too as well and that's the most important thing to do is because you know out of the depths uh, can come so many victories in, in some people's lives, but you have to make that decision, choose to, to get out of the, out of those depths. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard because I've had some guests who, who have been able to overcome their circumstances, but they fell back. And, and the only reason why I know that is because I follow up on them. I follow up with them. I always talk to, to my guests, previous guests, because uh, like I said, they're part of my family now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I care about what happens to them. And, uh, and, I, and, and when I hear about other people's victories after we do the show, uh, that's, that's, that's the best feeling. It sure is. We, I mean, our shows are, we're, our podcasts are very much, very similar. I mean, yeah. Right, we're, we're taking people who faced atrocious things in their lives, some types of obstacles and have found a way to overcome them. And when you and I were talking before, Thomas, if, if this show between you and I impacts one person to take that step, right? That's what it's all about. It's gonna impact a lot more than one, but one person is all that matters, right? And you don't know, you know, because when I talk, uh, when I talk about five star, we have these kids for two years, if we're lucky, if they go from seventh and eighth grade, and then they're often going to high school. And you always wonder, uh, did I have an impact on these kids? Mm. Uh, and the answer is yes, because they still connect with me over even. I had one of my students from four years ago. He said, hey, let's let's start talking again. I want to get back, come back in your life. You know, this is what's happened in my life because of you. You know, I had one one uh, boy last year or the year previous because we couldn't do five star because of COVID. He, he said during we have a round table and then the, the kid said, you know, you're more of a father to me than my own father. Aww. And in one sense, it, it sounded it, I felt good about that. But the other sense is, look, you know, we're, we're we have you for two hours and, and other extra extracurricular activities. But by and large, you got to go back to your own father. Mm -hmm. And I told him that I said, look, I appreciate that. But let's start talking about the reason why. Because when you start talking to kids, you have to you have to go several layers, because uh, with these, these middle school kids, middle school boys especially, they're not willing to go that extra mile. They don't want to. They don't want to start um, divulging things that, that make them feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But you got to. You just got to dive, dive deep in their lives. And then you find out what exactly is going on. And, uh, and that's why I like to do when I do my shows is I do a pre-interview like you and I have done, uh, and you find out, you know, 
their circumstances. And then you go deeper. You gotta you have to go deeper and find out what's really going on in the life. And mm-hmm. and uh, the it's a, such a rich environment of one-on-one conversation that that we have on the show. And you just can't replace that, you know. And it's just a wonderful feeling to being able to talk to someone uh, one-on-one and not worry about because you know the show. The show I have is worldwide, and I never get caught up with all the whole. You know, if somebody in Australia is listening to this thing and it gets in your head, you know. But I, I'm able to um, connect and focus on what we're talking about, and uh, that's why I love doing the show. Yeah, you have a you have a new door opening. I mean, it was just starting to happen when you and I uh, when I was on your show a couple of weeks ago. Can you talk about what's about to happen? Yeah, the, the, the station has uh, expanded into doing streaming on TV now. And, uh, and it's exciting. I'm trying to get all my equipment together, and we have to uh, do some things uh, uh, technically. But it's going to be streaming live, and it's going to be on Facebook Live, and uh, it's going to be broadcast on YouTube and uh, Twitter and Twitch and Periscope, which I understand is, is kind of going by the wayside. Um, but it's, it's a bunch of different things that they're, they're, they're able to watch the show. Now, I've been able to put uh, my shows on YouTube now. I have mm-hmm. about, I don't know, eight shows. I, and your show is on, on YouTube. So if anybody wants to look up Lynn, uh, look up, uh, I think I put Life Without Limits with uh, guest uh, Lynn McLaughlin. Yeah. And the other thing you do if you ever are interviewed by someone else and you have your own podcast channel you can uh, actually make it show up on one of your own playlists. So your show is on my my channel now too, Thomas. Oh, cool. cool. Yeah. I'm, st- I'm still learning because, you know, I, <laughs> technically I suck at it. I'm sorry. I just, I do. I, I do. Know, there, it. Isn't, there isn't a moment. I mean, seriously, there's always, now there's this new clubhouse. Okay. Oh, but that's something else new to learn, right? How are we going to, what works for us? What doesn't work? But we're all learning every minute of the day. So yeah, yeah I just did, a, I did my first clubhouse yesterday. Oh, well, mine, and- I'm doing it too tonight, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's like, uh, yeah, and, and it was really cool because they, they and I, I was trying to learn how to do this and they put you in a, like a, a holding pattern and they, they come to you when they come to you, you got to be ready to start talking. And I couldn't figure out how to do the stinking microphone. And I, I, and I was, they couldn't hear me. And so they had to put me back down and then I put myself back up. And, and so I, I figured it out <laughs> and I was able to, you, you basically promote your pod, podcast to other people and, uh, to see if you want some more guests and things like that. And I had some people actually ask uh, about my show. So, yeah. Yeah. So your show is every Monday night at nine o'clock EST. What else would you like to share with people? Uh, I guess uh, if you were interested in getting both books, uh, you can go to um, amazon.com backslash author backslash TA Russell 89. And that's your Amazon author page. That's my Amazon author page. Excellent. And uh, as far as the show itself, uh, it's also uh, the, what's nice about it, it's a live show, but I can publish it. I, I publish it on all the platforms. Uh, iHeartRadio being the biggest one, which has like 300 million listeners, uh, Spotify, Apple, you name it, all, all the platforms. It goes all all around. So I, all you have to do is look for Life Without Limits uh, and with uh, Thomas Thomas A. Russell and and uh, but iHeartRadio look for that because that's that's more uh, it's a lot easier so it's a, it's an incredible opportunity to, to to get the message out. 
Awesome. I'm just going to jump in here because today we are on the last day of a three day challenge where my colleague and I, Tracy Reagan from Australia, we have something common working with someone in Australia, have just set up this thing to help people through that what you were feeling back when in your in your 20s you wanted to do it but you didn't know how to do it you had fears we have blocks we have things in our way so we just finished it but go to any one of my platforms and you can still get in the group it'll it, it won't be live anymore but there might be things in there that'll help you start writing before you take 30 years and going down a different route to not meet your gene your dream sorry as as you did thomas so i just thought i'd throw that in there <laughs> Well, I think that the biggest thing is, is when people want to uh, start writing their book, they don't know where they want to go. You have to find out your why. You, you have to find out the reason why you're, you're writing the book in the first place. Because some people say, well, I want to write because I want to make money. Well, you and I both know that <laughs> that ain't going to happen unless you like more like 1% of the uh, authors out there can actually say they can make a decent income out of this. So that, that was never my, my motivation, although making the money is nice. But it's, but the biggest thing is the message, yeah. because uh, it's it's not about the fame, it's not about the money, it's the message that you want to uh, come across, and the writing process itself. Right. And, you know, I, I I think you might have jumped into our three day challenge and taken a peek because the first day is defining your why. We're helping oh. everyone figure out their why, and yeah. by the time they're done, they leave with a goal. So we great minds think alike, Thomas. <laughs> well, it works because I wrote that in four months, and the, the the second book, Nowhere Man, I wrote in two and a half months with a herniated disc. Uh-huh. I had nothing. I had nothing else to do. I was on a couch for twenty four seven, and I decided, you know, I'm not going to just sit here doing nothing. So I, I wrote for like forty thousand forty thousand words in a, in a month. Well, what, uh, what else is I'm a year, I'm a one year girl. I hate to say it, but Thomas, I'm going to jump in and I want to read the review that I just posted okay, on, right. uh, on Amazon. Okay. And mm. of course it's a verified purchase. You know, I love yeah. that what Amazon yeah. does. This yeah. book, uh, um, it's a must read for teenagers and adults alike. This book should be in every secondary school as a mandatory part of the curriculum. Regardless of the struggles a teenager is going through, they will connect to Charlie's story. Written in a very unique and engaging way, there are so many lessons taught and learned. Most importantly, though, to walk in our own integrity and build the strength to stand true to ourselves and respect every individual, regardless of where we are or who we are with. And I appreciate that so yeah. much. Okay, Thomas, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so we know to go to Amazon.com. We know where to find your radio show. We're going to start watching for you in the near future on all of the other platforms that you're going to expand to. And I'm just so thrilled that you found your why and you're living your dream and, uh, and you continue to keep going. You're not, you're not saying this is okay. You're just going to, you're finding new and new and new people. And all of the guests, I've listened to two of, the, of your other podcasts since you and I uh, were interviewed. They're all very intriguing and have different stories too. Yeah. Which is another reason that everybody should uh, tune in. Yeah. And, and I also like to say if, if, if you go to the shows, you listen to the shows on iHeartRadio and if you have a story to tell, uh, I would love to hear from you. You can uh, you can go to lifewithoutlimitsshow.com. That's my uh, excuse me, lifewithoutlimits uh, at gmail.com. To if you want to start, uh, you want to have a co connection with me and have a conversation, see if you might be interested in coming to my show. Awesome, Thomas. Can we let's end the show the same way you end, and I'm going to do it with you the same way you end every one of your radio interviews. I love doing this. And I, I came up with it. Ready? Okay. Ready. Okay. Yeah, let's go. All right. Smile, Smile infectiously. Laugh. Laugh genuinely. Love unconditionally. Live, live courageously. courageously. I believe, I in, believe you. in you. 
Awesome. And, and, and I mean that. I, I really believe in that. It doesn't really matter uh, who you are out there. I mean, if you if there's anybody who feels like they have no hope, I'm there. I'm, I believe in you no matter what, where you are in life. A brilliant, brilliant closing. Yeah. So everyone continue to have a healthy and safe day and we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. To learn more from people who are steering in the right direction, go to lynnmclaughlin.com and search the archives of every interview or subscribe to this podcast feed. A new episode is published every Wednesday.